Well, good morning. How are you guys doing this morning? You guys doing all right? Welcome, welcome, welcome. My name's TJ. I'm one of the pastors here, and uh, we're glad you're with us. Before we kind of dive into the relationship series today, I have some news for us as a church, and I know that's actually why a whole bunch of you guys actually showed up this week. Uh, you're like, oh, there's news. Okay, we should come to church. I, there's news every week. It's called the good news, and uh, like, I just, I'm just throwing it out there um, that you might want to check out because it will change your life as well, but today we, we have some great news. Um, that, that I think is going to be a, a game changer for us. And let me kind of start with this um, in, in explaining what it is. Um, there is a verse in Ephesians chapter 3, verses 20 and 21. It says, Now to him, talking about God, who is able to do immeasurably more than all we could ask or imagine. Um, it, it's a verse that we have used to uh, pray a lot here, especially in, in commitment times and different things. It's something every time that we've ever taken up an offering that I've taken up, I've always prayed this verse over us as a church because I believe that God can do immeasurably more than all we can think or imagine. Uh, and, and, and God has, and he's done that in a lot of people's lives. He's done that in, in a lot of people's marriages as we've been in this series. He's done that in a, in a lot of different ways. And we as a church have been uh, in existence for about six and a half years, almost going on seven. In fact, um, in June will be seven years since my wife and I moved here from the Bradenton, Sarasota area. And this entire time, we, we've pretty much met right here at Monarch High School. And we've believed God that God, this has been a home for us. This has been an incredible place. And um, God has done some, some amazing things. But in the month of January, we did a time of prayer and fasting like we always do. And, and it was just a frustrating time and a frustrating season, um, particularly because we, we've been praying, like, God, where, where, what's, what's our next step? Like so many of us in our own lives, we ask God, what's our next step? in life. And we, we ask that as a church all the time. We ask that for our personal lives. God, what's the next step for, for us? And so we were in that process, and it just seems like we were hitting a wall spiritually. Anybody ever have that happen, hit a wall spiritually, where it's like, God, are you going to show up and say something here? Because I, like, I keep showing up, but you're not showing up. I, I'm not really happy with you. Uh, maybe I'm the only one that talks to God that way. Uh, it's amazing that I'm not struck dead yet, uh, but I, you know, I, that's just an honest conversation, and and so I was having this conversation with God, just just some frustrations in in the process, because uh, everybody loves the the end result, nobody loves the process, and so we're in the middle of the process, and, and God did immeasurably more than all we could ask or imagine over the last couple of months, and I, I'm holding in my hand today um, a contract on 7.29 acres of land in Parkland, Florida that we're under contract on as a church uh, right on University Park. In fact, uh, we, we have a picture of it right here. Um, maybe we have a picture of it right here. Here it is. It's uh, right on University Park in Parkland, Florida, right just a little bit um, north of the Sawgrass Expressway, right where uh, all the major construction in Parkland is going on right now. It's an unbelievable thing that God has opened this piece of land up for us. Uh, this piece of property, when the owners listed it, was originally listed at almost $4 million. Um, we are purchasing this piece of property for $1.25 million. Uh, and there, there's an entire story that goes along with that. And so um, 
we're totally jacked up. Uh, we're excited. This is some drone footage that we got the other day um, uh, about it. You know, we're just out there playing. We don't really even know what to do. Uh, and so uh, <laughs> we're like, yes, we can just video land. People are going to love that. Nobody really cares. Uh, but it was a big deal to us. Uh, but we're, we're totally pumped because uh, while, while we're not there yet, we, we have a place that we're going to be able to point to and say that, that's our home. That's our future home, and it's not going to be just a home for us, but I want you to know that there are more families, there are more people moving into Parkland, that area right now, than almost any other area in Broward County. It's, it's one of the fastest growing areas, and it's just a couple of miles away from where we are right now, and we really believe that God has opened this up for us. And so our closing date is June 6th, so we're, we're not too far out from that. And here, here's some of the great news. The great news is, is that we have virtually almost all the money we need to close uh, because we've been a great steward of the resources that you've so generously given over the years. And we've saved and we've saved and we've saved. Uh, we, we have about $75,000 left to raise to finish off to cl with closing costs and everything to have this land purchased. And so we're excited about this. We can't wait to see what God is going to do. And so we wanted to share it with you because I was kind of getting tired of holding in on a secret. Anybody suck at holding in secrets? Yeah, that was me like for the last couple of weeks. I'm like, man, I just got to tell somebody. And so I just, I just thought I would just tell somebody today. And so uh, we hope that you're excited because this is, is going to be good for us moving forward. So uh, yeah, it's, it's going to be awesome. So I, I, I'm excited. If you have more questions, um, we probably don't have answers yet. So uh, just, just FYI, we're trying to figure it all out ourselves. But uh, man, our trustees have worked so hard on this, and they, these guys have been incredible. And so I'm just, I'm just really excited for our future and where we're going. We'll talk to you more in the coming months about what's going to happen with that and how that's going to look and what it's going to go and be like. So cool. Everybody excited about that? Everybody, everybody ready for some future here? It's going, to be, it's going to be great. So let's dive into today. Uh, we're talking about relationship goals and, and what are some things in our relational world that we would love to see change or improve or become better. Because I believe that for all of us, whether we're single, whether we're married, whether it's just about friendships and relationships, we all want our relationships to be better. We all want them to be elevated in our lives. And, and I think for a lot of us, while we have that intention uh, of that, we say to ourselves a lot of times, someday. I'm going to improve my friendship. Someday I'm going to improve my marriage. Someday I'm going to, I'm going to really have enough time to spend with my kids. And we live in this someday mentality when it comes to the relationships in our lives. And we live relationally like this, with this idea that time is on our side, like that time is working for us. But the reality is, is that Tom is working against every single one of us in life because a lot of us live our life as if it's going to last forever. And anytime we start living our life as if it's going to last forever, what ends up happening is we end up sacrificing the few opportunities we have to live for what matters most. And scripture continually reminds us of this paradigm. In fact, in Psalms 39, it says this, Lord, remind me how brief my time on earth will be. Remind me that my days are numbered and how fleeting my life is. You have made my life no longer than the width of my hand. My entire lifetime is just a moment to you at best. Each of us is but a breath. 
And scripture says that my days are numbered. Scripture says that your days are numbered. Scripture is, is implying to us and is trying to teach us to remember that our days are numbered. And it's not doing that to try to create this anxiety within us and live with all this tension in life, but to remind us the importance of how we're living every day and how important it is not to put off building the things that matter most in our life. And I, was, I would think that if I was to ask you, what are the top three priorities in your life, the majority of us, and one of those top three relationships would be near the top. Like that would be a priority for us in life. But yet, I've sat with so many people that are on their deathbed, and, and the thing that they regret most is not spending time in a relationship. In fact, most people, when they're on their deathbed, they're not talking about their success. They're not talking about their achievements in life. What they want most is to have the people they loved and the people that love them the most around them. And so if that's the case, then, then why are we not making those relationships that at our, the end of our life are such a priority? Why are we not making them now? And a lot of you would say, well, I do make them a priority now. And, and I would ask you this question. Does your calendar and your choices back that up? Do your calendar and do your choices really back that up? I saw this on Pinterest this week, and it goes, you can go on all day about what your priorities are, but your priorities are what you did last week. And that's so true, because if you think about your life, you are a product of your choices. And your choices don't lie. You can say whatever you want, but your choices reflect your priorities in life. And so why do we say that relationships are such a critical priority, but yet our time schedule, our priorities aren't reflected in that? And this is, this is something that's, that's hit me really hard because in the past six months, I've lost two of my grandfathers. And, um, and, and a lot of people don't know that, but I, I, I lost one uh, in right near the end of the year. And then just like about a month and a half ago, I lost the second one. And, and what was really, really sad is that I've said all along, man, man, family, relationships, so important to me, so important to me, so important to me. But you know what? With one of my grandparents, I hadn't seen them in over six years. It took him being about to die for me to show up in a hospital room to have a conversation and tell him how much he meant and the impact that he's had in my life. For the other one, I hadn't seen him in almost two years. And I started looking at my life, and I, and I, I get so frustrated because I say, man, this is, I say that this is a priority to me, but yet the reality is, is that if you were to look at my schedule, that wasn't really getting lived out in my life. And I think sometimes we just got to kind of walk up and shake ourselves and remind us that this is not a dress rehearsal, this life. Like, this isn't the, the teaser to the big show. This isn't the, 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 the up-and-coming band before the real concert. Like, this is our one and only life. And this adventure called life is meant to be lived out in the context of the healthiest relationships possible. And I think that if we knew that, we would live out how we're living our relationships here today so, so differently. And so here's the question I kind of have for all of us here today. 
If your life were to end today, how proud would you be of your relational world? Like, think about that for a second. Take a step back and go, man, if my life were to end today, how proud would I be of my relational world? Would I be proud of how things are structured? And would I be proud of the priorities that I've placed on relationships? And as I've been thinking about this for my own life, I started thinking about there's, there's three main areas that, I, that I've tried to, to make some change in that I think are a big priority that if we're going to have some amazing relationships, that we have got to have some of these things extremely active in our life. And if you're taking notes, the first one is this, is we, we've got to make a priority of time. Time is, is one of the most critical things that we can take advantage of. Because if we suddenly knew that our time was limited, we would be spending time in the relationships that matter most in our lives. And the thing that I've learned about relationships is there's, there's no microwave popcorn aspect to relationships. You don't just throw it in two minutes later, you have amazing relationships. Relationships that are healthy take time. And there is this real danger in life when you start living as if, man, I've got all the time in the world to make relationships happen and to make them healthy and to make them whole. In fact, I put it in your outline like this. Mediocrity becomes a constant in your relational world when you buy into the illusion that you have unlimited time. Man, you're just going to have average in everything when you buy into the illusion that your time is unlimited. You're just going to settle for the average in things. When I don't think any of us want just an average marriage, I don't think any of us want just an average relationship with our kids, I don't think any of us just want average relationships. I think we want so much more than that, but we settle for mediocrity because we say, oh, someday or at some point in time. One thing that I see right now, especially in relationships, I'm just going to use this example, and uh, it, it, it's, it's a really interesting one looking at it from, from the outside looking in. But one thing dynamic that I see right now as parents is, is and I believe this with all my heart, we, we're raising kids right now that are extremely, extremely, extremely experience rich, but relationally poor. They're, they're, they're experience rich, but they're relationally poor. And I don't think this has come out of a, a bad spot. I actually think that this has come out of a really, really good heart. Because what happens for a lot of parents is they're going, you know what? I didn't get to do this in life, and I didn't get to experience that in life. And, and so I want to make sure that my kids get all of the experiences I didn't have. I want to make sure that my kids have everything that I didn't have. And so what happens is, is you go out and you work and you work and you work to provide all of those experiences and all of those things that you didn't get to have. And so what happens then is you send them off to space camp and then there's playing 37 weeks of travel soccer and you're getting them to this thing and to that thing and you gotta have this experience and you gotta have that experience. And what happens is you have kids that are extremely experientially rich but relationally they're extremely poor. They're having all of these things going on in their life. And you're running around and you're doing all of this stuff. 
Well, let, let me just ask, when is the last time you just sat down with no TV, no phones, no video games, and just had a conversation at a meal, at a table, not the couch? And I know that every parent out there, your goal as a parent is to help your kids transition, hopefully, into adulthood healthily. If that's even a word, healthy, healthy. I mean, that, that's the goal. And while all those experiences are great, the greatest thing you can do to help them transition into adulthood with health would for them to learn how to do healthy relationships. And the thing that I've learned about healthy relationships is healthy relationships take time. Because I've yet to be in a counseling session with somebody and they go, you know what? I'm just so messed up because my parents wouldn't let me go on the soccer traveling team. Like, I'm emotionally distressed because my parents didn't send me out to astronaut camp when I was eight years old. Like, and I just can't handle life anymore. You know what, you know what they say? They say, you know what? I, 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 I messed up because like, I, I never had any time with my dad. Or every time I tried to have a conversation with my mom, she just wasn't emotionally there. And, and now I'm trying to figure all this stuff out. And I don't know what to do. It's what they say. Because we've built a society that's experience rich. But relationally poor. I was thinking back this week about some of the highlights of my, my childhood. And the thing, and this is so weird looking back as a 37-year-old on your childhood. You know the most vivid memory I have is every morning getting up and eating breakfast with my stepdad. And my stepdad just asking me questions and caring. Like, I don't remember the trips to New York City to go school shopping. Like, that didn't mean anything to me. I, don't, I didn't care about the trips to Europe as a kid or the vacations. You know what is the most meaningful memory I have? Sitting at breakfast with my stepdad. Because he just cared. And, and here's what I realized. Is it doesn't take much. But it takes time. And this is true in your marriage. This is true in your friendships. This is true in your parenting. It doesn't take much, but it does take time. And you'll never regret the time that you invest in relationships. Second thing, if you're taking notes, that I think is extremely critical is our words. The second area that I would encourage you to intensify when it comes to your relationships is your words. And I love what Proverbs says. It says, the tongue can bring life or it can bring death. And, and our words are powerful, powerful things. And, and I don't really understand why this is or how this works, but God created our souls in such a way that they are impacted and they are shaped by the words that are spoken to us. They're impacted and they're shaped. And, and the, these two areas of time and words are so critical to your relational health in life. 
And, and in thinking about words, I, I've noticed something that is really, really common um, that I see happen a lot of times in my life. I'm sure it's probably happening in your life. But one of the things that I see happening when it comes to our words is we get into these conversational patterns in life. And, and what I mean by that is we get into these ruts with our words. And, and let me kind of explain the conversational pattern, how it plays out in, in my life, especially with, with Shayla. I'll come home from work. Shayla will come home from work. When we get home, we'll sit down and we'll have a conversation. And our conversational pattern is this. TJ talks about CrossFit. Shayla talks about work. And then we're done. And then the next day, we come home, and here's the conversational pattern. TJ talks about CrossFit, because the first rule of CrossFit is talk always about CrossFit. And then Shayla talks about work, and then we're done. And this pattern just goes on and on and on again. And if you were to start to look at your life, you would realize, oh, there's conversational patterns out there. Think about it with your friends. You call up your friend. Hey, man, how you doing? I'm good. You? Good. Good. How, 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 how was the football game last night? It was good. Good. Hang up. You know, like that's a, like... That's the extent of the conversation. You, some of you, you do it with your parents. Hey, Dad, how, how's the weather up there? It's good. Uh, how's Mom? She's good. Good. Uh, talk to you next week. Click. You know, like it's like, and, and you just go through these conversational patterns in life. And the problem with these conversational patterns is that they're lacking the one thing that we all want out of relationships, and that's this idea of intimacy. All of us want intimacy, and what I mean by intimacy is, is, is this idea of you want to be known fully, and you want to fully know somebody else, and so we're all looking for that, and we all want that, but most of us are unwilling to take the risk to break out of the comforts of our conversational patterns to experience that. And what we end up doing is we end up just going through the motions with these conversational patterns that just keep us from ever having real heartfelt talks and intimacy in the relationship that we all want so bad. Now, when I say intimacy, I'm not talking about our deepest, darkest secrets because not, not everybody wants to have those conversations. Um, but I think that intimacy can be created anytime you're willing to break out of the pattern that you so normally find yourself in. When you start breaking out of the comforts of that conversational pattern. And, and, and how do you know if you start breaking out of the comforts of that conversational pattern? And all of a sudden, when you do that, you'll start to feel a little twinge of anxiety in that conversation. Because you're going, whoa, I'm getting a little real here. I'm getting a, a little, I'm starting to bear a little bit of, of myself in that moment and and at that point you have the you have the question and you have the thought process of your mind should I keep going down this path or should I just quit right here have I revealed too much have I made myself emotionally slutty you know that's like that's what a lot of us think okay that wasn't in my notes but uh <laughs> But I would encourage us to keep going to that place of intimacy. And, and I put this little equation in your outline. It looks like this. Vulnerability plus curiosity uh, equals intimacy. And, and what it takes for any relationship to, to have intimacy is it takes somebody willing to be vulnerable. It takes somebody that's willing to, to break the pattern 
the conversational pattern that they've had and break outside the comforts and the confines of their comfort zone and go, hey, this is where I really am. Here, here's what's really going on in my life. And, and somebody in the relationship has to do that. But what it also takes is it takes the other person being curious, being willing to go down that path and those feelings and going, hey, like, tell me a little bit more about what you're feeling. Tell me a little bit more about your heart. Tell me a little bit more about the, the circumstances that are going on right there. And, and, and it, take, it requires the other person to be curious in order to create intimacy in the relationship. And so we've got to have somebody that's willing to step out at first and be vulnerable and you've got to hope that the other person is going to be curious to have healthy, deep, and meaningful relationships. In fact, on your outline, I put a couple of questions on your outline because I think that this will help you to start to break into this vulnerability and curiosity. One of the questions is, is who has God placed in your life? Who are the people that God has placed in your life that you know that he's put them there for you? And the second question is this, is what do they need to hear you say? Who has God put in your life? Because all of us, when, when we hear that question, we have somebody that pops into our mind. And what do they need to hear you say? Do they need to hear you say, you know what, I love you. Do they need to hear you say, you know what, I, I really screwed up right there. I'm sorry. Do they need to hear you say, maybe they need to hear you say, you know what, I still believe in you. In spite of everything that's going on right now, I believe in you. We all know that person that God has put in our life, and we know that thing that we need to say to them. But a lot of times, that's exactly where we break off into our conversational pattern rather than breaking out of our comfort zone and going to that place with them. Now, a lot of us, if we're honest, this is not real easy for us. You say to yourself, well, in my family, we didn't really ever talk about our emotions. And, and, and so therefore, this idea of going out there and putting my emotions and my feelings and my hurts and my pains and my realities out there is a frightening thing. I mean, it's, it's absolutely terrifying to you. But I would also say that what's more tragic than you putting something out there and getting rejected is you living your entire life without ever getting real and vulnerable and intimate with somebody. Because you're missing out on some of the best parts of life. And so I would ask you again, who has God placed in your life? And what do they need to hear from you? And I'm going to take this a little bit step further. And so um, I got a little clock here um, that's right here. And what I want everybody to do is I want everybody to take out their cell phone right now. Everybody take out your cell phone. I know you got one, so take it out. Take it out. Don't go to Facebook. Don't go to Facebook. Just take it out. Just take it out. Hold it up. Wave it in the air like you just don't care. Yeah. Okay. So pretty much everybody's got a cell phone. Here's what I want you to do. Um, where I want you, who is the person that God has put in your life and what do you need to say to them? I want you to take out your phone and I want you to text that person. I'm going to give you a minute to do this. I want every single person, I want every single one of us in here, text them. What do they need to hear from you? Because somebody needs to hear something from you right now. And, and I don't want to let you walk out of here today because this is what I know what will happen is you'll forget all about this and you won't do it. So we're going to do it right now. So we're going to put this clock up. We're going to start it right now. Go ahead and text your people. 
We gotta get some. We gotta get some beats. I guess my clock's over with. <laughs> kind of disappeared on me there. So, so here, here, here's, here's what I want you to do now. I want you to turn your cell phone off. Turn it off. Just turn it off. Because here's the deal. Some of y'all are going to be like, man, are they going to text me back? What are they going to say? Uh, like, and, and, and so you're not going to listen to another word I say. So I, I just need five minutes. And then and listen, you're going you're gonna to get text back. Some of you guys are going to get text back. Uh, and then honestly, s- some of you guys probably aren't. Um, maybe you took a risk right there, and that was part of the risk, but I'm telling you right now, by you stepping out and, and realizing who God has put in your life and you saying to them what God has called you to say, uh, you're, you're being obedient no matter what. It doesn't matter how they respond. It's the fact that you did what God needed you to do to have healthy relationships. And so we gotta we got to focus on, 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 on uh, our time. we got to focus on our words. And the last thing that we need to go to, uh, number three there, is, is we got to focus on grace. When it comes to relationships, um, always an interesting dynamic when it comes to being with people that are at the end of their life. Um, and they're, they're talking about the things that are really, really important to them. One of the things that I've noticed is, is that the grudges, that the, the, the unforgiveness that they've had in their heart, all of that stuff that they've held on to for so long, they're always wanting to get rid of that stuff at the end of their life. They're always wanting to uh, get rid of the junk that they've been, that's been, they've been holding on to for so long, and they're, they're open to letting go of that and experiencing freedom and grace, and, and for some reason, we're not very good at that. And so, right now, what I want you to do is I want everybody in here to close their eyes. Close your eyes. Close your eyes. I know this is very interactive today. Um, and so, right now, what I want you to do with every eye closed is I want you to picture in your mind the person right now that you have some tension with in a relationship. The person that you, you have some hurt towards or has hurt you. The person maybe you're, you're got some bitterness or there's just some friction in the relationship. We, we've all got that person. We visualize them. Um, maybe it's not really a big deal, that, that friction, but you've got them in your mind. Everybody's got them in their mind. Shake their heads. You got them. Okay, now open your eyes. Now, one of the things that I can tell you uh, uh, about this aspect of grace is this is actually not about that person you just pictured. This has nothing to do with them. 
this is actually about you, and this is actually for you. It's, it's, it has nothing to do with them, and it has everything to do with you. And that's important for all of us to remember, because if we don't learn to transform the pain that we have in our lives, we're just going to continually transfer it. If we don't learn how to take the pain and the hurt and the bitterness and the unforgiveness and the twinge and the the conflict, if we don't learn how to transform that pain into something, we're just going to transfer it to every other relationship. See, because that bitterness, that unforgiveness, that twinge, it doesn't just stay isolated to that relationship. That's not how those things work. That cycles out into every other relationship and so you can try to categorize your life well i'm gonna not like this person because i've got some hurt i've got some pain i've got some of this junk but it doesn't just stay right there that pain that hurt that unforgiveness it transfers to other places And if you don't learn to transform that pain into something, you'll just transfer it to the next person, to the next relationship, to next week, to next month, to next year, to next decade, and on and on and on. And listen, I'm not an expert on forgiveness. A lot of you guys heard that last week, man. It's it's an ongoing process in my life. I'm learning this idea of forgiveness in life. But I do believe that the only power that we can get to truly forgive somebody comes from this one resource and this one resource only and that is understanding that there is this perfect and this holy and this loving God that forgave us first. And whenever I focus my mind on that, regardless of the sin the other person committed, because when I start focusing on my sin and the amount of it and the fact that when I wanted nothing to do with God and I was running as far away as I could, when I turned around and came back to him, he accepted me right where I was with all the junk that I had and said, man, you're accepted and you're forgiven and you can return and you're welcome. When I realized that, when that went from my head to my heart, it changed everything everything. And a lot of us, we understand that with our head, but it hasn't moved from here to here yet. When it starts to move from here to here, we're compelled to forgive and let go of things for other people because the things that we did were let go for us. And think about it like this. If at the end of your life, the vast majority of people are willing to let go and try to reconcile all those things, why would you wait to the end to do that when you can have it right now? Why? I understand that this isn't easy and this isn't a walk in the park. But I do know that God forgives me in spite of me and I should forgive others in spite of them. Now in that, I don't want you to confuse forgiveness. Forgiveness isn't condoning behavior. Forgiveness isn't excusing what they've done. Forgiveness isn't tolerating injustice because we should never tolerate injustice. 
Forgiveness isn't necessarily reconciliation because some relationships are just never going to be reconciled. Forgiveness is simply giving up my right to see that person hurt. Because think about it. What do you want? You just want them to feel the pain that they made you feel. And what you're giving up is your right to see them hurt back. And listen, it takes and costs a lot to forgive. But not forgiving is going to cost you something so much more valuable. It's going to cost you your heart. That's the price. To not forgive will slowly choke the joy out of your life. To not forgive will continue to burden you and chain you to resentment. They'll eventually attach itself to every other relationship in our lives. And I just feel like God was like, man, he, he, he wasn't done last week with this whole forgiveness thing. That it's time for some of us to embrace the fact that we can forgive because we were first forgiven. And if we realize the limited time that we have on this earth, that all of our days are numbered, that we wouldn't waste those days on holding on to things that are hurting our relationships, but we'd spend those things, that time, those words, that grace on what mattered most. Let's pray. God, we just come before you today. And I just pray that every single one of us here today would not live this life as if time we just had all of it in the world. But God, that we would realize that our, our time is limited. That our words are powerful. And that Honestly, your grace is sufficient for every need that we have. And because you're sufficient, God, we should extend that. We should speak that. We should use that and maximize that time. God, I just pray here today for every single man and woman that you would move in their life, God, that you would cause them to put relationships as the priority of their life. It's in Jesus' name.